The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. If you're looking for something more, something different, something better, this is your opportunity. Over the next hour, we'll talk about inspiration for personal and professional success. Now, here is your host, Dr. Barbara Young. Good afternoon. I'm Dr. Barbara Young, your radio's talk show host on Transformation for Success show on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This show is broadcast every Tuesday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm in the Southern California area, and I invite you to join me by calling the studio live toll-free at 888-346-9141. Or if you're calling internationally, 001-480-553-5754. And participate during the discussion. You can call, ask your questions, and you can Skype any comments or questions during the show to dr.barbaryoung or email your comments to me at info at transformationforsuccess.com. You can also call me on a toll-free number that I have listed on my website, which is www.transformationforsuccess.com, and you'll get me directly. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, and you can access me through these channels as well. I invite you to visit my website because you'll find more information about me, my life empowerment seminars, my coaching sessions for individuals and groups, my webinars, and networking events. And again, I'm bringing to your attention my upcoming empowerment network event for men and women on June 13th at the Wilson Creek Winery in Temecula, California. Now, the event is from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. with a wonderful wine tasting tour after for those who would enjoy such uh, an event. The price is only $65 for the delicious buffet. Now, the wine tasting is a little bit extra. It's $22 should you want to go on the wine tasting tour. There's a delicious brunch, and there is a special message from me. And we're also honoring that day a group of young women who are making quite a difference in their communities to empower women. But before I begin the show today, I, I want to just you to just know, each day I wake up passionate about the opportunity to transform the lives of men and women and using this venue to give them information that they can use with messages of hope and encouragement. My mission simply is to make a difference in the lives of others. And I firmly believe that by integrating and feeding the spirit, the soul, and the body is the key to transforming one's life for greater personal and professional success. This is a show for everyone around the globe, the young, the bold, the seasoned, and the restless. And I want to thank all of you for sending those emails and words of encouragement, and I really do appreciate hearing from you. So keep on 
be mailing your questions and comments to info at transformationforsuccess.com. This is your day for education and encouragement and information. And I want to give a big shout out to my bishop and my West Day family and all my PBS friends and supporters. And thank you for supporting me. This Transformation Show for Success is designed to challenge and inform listeners each week with interesting and knowledgeable special guests. And these guests include artists, um, educators, singers, uh, technology experts, health educators, women professionals from all walks of life, college presidents, ministers of the gospel even. So these guests will share their stories of transformation and give you the principles and steps they have learned on their journey. Now, you know, there are many challenges that we all face today, some good, some bad, some ugly, and there are many who are brokenhearted, disappointed, lonely, disillusioned, fearful, depressed, and I'm going to add another one, uninformed. And it's just good to know and to listen to other people's stories and how they have made a difference in this world or how they're making a difference in this world. So today, our show is about transformation, but transformation in education. It's titled, Our World, Our Dignity, Our Future, Transformation in Education. Now, the word transformation simply means change, and we desperately need a change in education. When I, when I think about what's happening in education and globally, uh, we have a very uh, knowledgeable guest today that I'm going to share uh, in a few minutes uh, and interview him. But when we think about what's happening globally, my research indicates 31 million primary school pupils worldwide dropped out of school. And this was as of 2012, so can you imagine what's happening by 2015? An additional 32 million repeated a grade. In Asia, South and West Asia, the number of children that leave school before completing their primary education is 13.54 million. Now, while girls are less likely to begin school, boys are less likely are more likely to repeat grades or drop out altogether. So according to UNESCO, 61 million primary school age children were not enrolled in school. And of these children, 47% never even expected to enter school. 26% attended school but left. And the remaining 27% are expected to attend school in the future. Now, children living in a rural environment are twice as likely to be out of school than urban children. And additionally, now this is globally, children from the wealthiest 20% of the population are four times more likely to be in school than the poorest 20%. In developing low-income countries, every additional year of education can increase a person's future income by an average of 10%. Women who are less educated in these countries are having more children on the average over the course of their lifetime compared to women who are educated. Women 
with a primary school education are 13% more likely to know that condoms can reduce their risk of contracting HIV and AIDS. So an education can help decrease the spreading of this virus by promoting safer sexual practices. 53% of the world's out-of-school children are girls, and two-thirds of the illiterate people in the world are women. So I'm going to say this. Education empowers women and men to make healthy decisions about their lives. Now, when we start talking about education in America, our schools are in dire crisis. Many, many of our students are underprepared for college or even the workplace. For African-American and Latino students, the data is very disturbing. We have alarming results and many of our students who are not able to finish or even enter into college. They're not college ready. This Prussian industrial model is not designed currently to produce college-ready graduates on a large scale. And not only do our schools fail to give the students the resources they need to succeed in college, but they don't give them the skills that they need that the modern, modern workplace demands. And even when we look at the companies in America, they require creative, solution-oriented, critical thinkers. So in today's increasingly interconnected world, the ability to communicate and collaborate effectively have become critical business needs. So as I share this with you, America requires a public educational model designed around the ideals that our students will have the goals this country imposes and espouses, freedom, empowerment, and aspiration. We can no longer afford not to have our young people in this country educated because all children must learn to think and act creatively. So today I have a guest who has done a lot of work in terms of providing educational resources for lower income communities. And I am pleased to interview Mr. Eric Moore and we'll be right back after this commercial. Stay tuned. Tune in to Lou Augusta's A Rumor of Empathy. Our show is committed to providing a generous listening, empathy, through conversations with our guests and you. Every issue deserves to be heard and thought out empathically. When it is properly sorted out, it becomes a solution rather than a problem. In Lou's program, his goal is to help you through conversations, which in turn can help your relationships and other aspects of your life. A Rumor of Empathy can be heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Want more positivity in your life? Are you ready to get healthy, happy, and energized? Join the Stella Donna Goddess Gals, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany for a power hour of stimulating, supportive conversation on Star Style. Be the star you are. A lineup of best-selling authors, celebrities, and experts. Join the effervescent mother-daughter dynamic duo in this upbeat, positive, life-changing talk radio playground. Star Style, Be the Star You Are, Wednesdays, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Lend us your ears. It's power time. Now, 
on Voice America. The road you travel in life is never a straight line. It's more like running around in circles, which is not a problem when you make Richard Flint a part of your world. When you're standing next to Richard, you begin to see a lot less confusion and a whole lot more clarity. Things just start falling into place. Every Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The power to be with Richard Flint. Join us and more power to you. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Transformation for Success with your radio talk show host, Dr. Barbara Young. And today we have a very special guest that I just mentioned, and I hope you're still hanging in there. Call your friends, text them, tell them to be sure to tune in to the radio talk show with Dr. Barbara Young on the Voice America Empowerment Channel, because this special guest, Mr. Eric Moore, whom I've known for some time, and I've been very impressed over the years with his perseverance, his tenacity, and his drive in pursuit of his dream to transform and make a difference in the world for the educational process. So I've invited him today to share his story. So I encourage you to participate, call in the station, join in the discussion, get your pads and your pens ready if you're not driving. However, I know this is going to be a very informative show. So good afternoon, Mr. Eric Moore. Good afternoon, Dr. Young. How are you? I'm fantastic. I'm excited to have you on the show because, Eric, I've known you for quite a while and I've admired your work and you know that. And I'm just delighted uh, to, to share in this conversation today about our world, our nation, oh. our dignity, well, thank you. our future. <laughs> thank you. I've been looking forward to getting together with you and, and I was looking forward to this morning. So thank you once again for having oh. me. This is great. You've done such great work that it's such a pleasure to introduce you globally uh, and talk about what you're doing. So let me just share with our listeners this morning, uh, this afternoon, about who Mr. Eric Elmore is. He's founder and executive director of what we call, he calls, Educate California. And this is a charitable nonprofit organization with a mission. And his mission is to increase family engagement in education through technology. And so Education uh, California provides essential college and career preparation resources for families in underserved communities. And what he does is he's developed something to create a more engaging and interactive learning environment in our schools through technology-based programs. Now, he is a Los Angelino, uh, a native of Los Angeles, and he studied organization psychology at Cal State University, Long Beach. And he's been absolutely wonderful in the community and provides a lot of services. His professional experiences included 10 years as a financial advisor with Wells Fargo Securities. Unfortunately, Wells Fargo is not globally known, but it is one of our premier banks in the United States. And subsequently, uh, he was with American Express. Um, He was licensed as a registered representative of the National Association of Security Dealers in 1991. 
Now, he was a partner with uh, Business Research Systems prior to his experience with Wells Fargo. And Business Research Systems was an independent commuter consulting firm. And then in 1998, as a result of an experience he had, and he's going to share about that, he founded Educate California, which became, which was formerly Educate LA. And so three years later, he officially transitioned from uh, helping families on financial issues to helping families prepare for their children's college career opportunities. So I welcome you again, Mr. Eric Moore, who's going to basically share his journey, how he became involved and his whys, and how he now provides this essential college and career preparation resource for families. So off and running, I got a lot of questions to ask ask you. Okay. Let's <laughs> Okay. <laughs> probably gonna okay, say I'm oh, gonna ask more than I ever thought. So but we'll start from the beginning, Eric. I know you're Los Angelino, but describe yeah. your early experiences sort of growing up in Los Angeles and how did you get all involved with this educational process? What really happened? You know, it, uh, the story dates really back to the fifth grade uh, when I was a very young man. Um, uh, I was part of the initial busing that happened in Los Angeles. And oh. in the fifth grade, they came to my elementary school and, and tested all the kids. And some of us did very well and some of us didn't. And mm-hmm. those that did well were were chosen to go to uh, schools outside of our community and to be bused to different uh-huh. schools. So uh, mm-hmm. I had the luxury of getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning and getting on the bus. You and call that a luxury? Of, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, instead of going to Audubon, which was around the corner from my home, to uh, I went to what now is called LASIS. It was called CES back then. But it was a wonderful experience. And then for high school, um, the same thing. I Instead of going to Crenshaw High School, which was, you know, 10 minutes from my house, uh, I was bused to Birmingham High School, which was out in the valley, which was maybe a good 20 uh, 20 miles or so out into the valley, but it was a two-hour commute because of our wonderful freeways out there. So once mm-hmm. again, I was up at 5 o'clock in the morning, and since I played sports, I was home probably about 7 or 8 o'clock in the evening after wow. finishing off of our sports and so forth. So it was it was a wonderful experience, and, mm-hmm. you know, the, the nice thing is that I got a chance to have some experiences that some of my friends did not. Uh, but around my kitchen table in the morning, uh, my mother and I would always talk about it was nice that I was afforded those experiences, but it would have been nice if they had used some of the money that they were using to bus us around to just really take uh, and a big interest in the local schools and to build them up. Right. And so that right. was something that I heard pretty much all of my life as a young man, and and uh, that's really kind of what got me started when many, many years later, my son was not doing well at mm-hmm. Crenshaw High School once again, and you know I realized that while things hadn't changed that much, so it was time for me to really take a look at what needed to be done in order to make sure that he was on track, and that's how I got started with my journey, really. Well, you know, it's interesting because when you uh, finished high school and went off to college and then you took this job, I mean, you got this job in finances. So, I mean, were you, you know, financial advisors and here you become this registered uh, professional with the national securities. How in the heck did you, you got this comfortable job in finance. So, I mean, did you simply take a leap of faith or, or was your transition deliberate? I mean, you left this job and boy, you jumped off. 
What happened? It, it was a leap. Of, it was a leap of faith that happened after a tragedy. Really, that's that's what happened. Is uh, unfortunately, in in the beginning of 1998, my mother passed away in oh. an automobile accident. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And I'm right after that. that happened, thank you. And, and right after that, my my eldest brought home a just horrible report card, and uh, it set me and my wife back pretty significantly because you know there's a lot of things going on. I'm I had taken some time off to settle my mother's estate and, and the next thing you know I was hit with this report card. So it was really, you know, what's going on and, and you know, why you know, why was he not doing well? What was he not motivated and you know, I wanted to figure out, you know, what really I had to do to get him on track and, and uh realize that although I thought I was a very engaged parent, there was so much more that I needed to learn. Uh, as far as how to motivate and to learn, you know, my son's learning styles and to to really mm-hmm. be an, an advocate on his behalf in, in helping him with his education. I don't, you know, we we talk about the kids out there and we laugh about them sometimes about the brilliant ones that are just aren't motivated. But that that was my son, you know, he well, was the well, one who well, would. Go ahead. I just wanted, was he your only son, or the the you have more than one son, or was he? Your I only have one? two sons. Yeah, I, I, okay. I have two sons. Um, yeah, he um, is my. Is eldest he the oldest the or youngest? He was the he was the oldest, and he was okay. in tenth. Uh, he was actually just about to leave the tenth grade uh, at Crenshaw High School. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So we, you know, had actually, uh, I had uh, moved into my mother's home to settle her estate and decided we were going to take over uh, that home or to, you know, go ahead and move into that mm-hmm. home. And we enrolled him in the local school, which was, you know, that at Crenshaw. And, and we're, you know, just thinking that everything was going well. But, boy, right after, it, it was it was amazing that we, you know, didn't know uh, that he was not on track. So my journey changed pretty much. I had taken some time off, and when I got to uh, go and spend some time with him after school, I learned what really made me make the transition was uh, I learned that there were three counselors and 2,300 students. And oh, God. It, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, just, you know, and that's I said, a tremendous caseload. Right, and I said, "Well, that can't be right, you know, because I remember when I was going to high school. Now, you know, once again, I had been bused to a very affluent high school, uh, but I didn't realize that there was such an issue at the the local high school. And I said, well, that that has to be impossible.' And that I learned that not only was it possible, but in the state of California, they have it on the actual website for the Department of Education that there's an average of 945 kids per counselor in this state. And it just threw that's me just, back. So that's I, too I, much. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much what we're saying is that those students that don't stand out are not going to have an opportunity, most likely, to you know meet with their counselors. So it set me on a journey of trying to figure out, well, what does an involved parent need to know? And with, if they, you know, if my son had met with the counselor, what would they have? What would he have learned? And uh, come to find out that you know there was uh, a lot of resources out there, but they just weren't making it home. And uh, that's that's what uh, caused me to take that one month, and then that one month became three months. And um, eventually, wow. probably around the three the three month 
time frame, I realized that I wanted to put my financial planning career not on hold, but you know at least mm-hmm. to do it part time while I pursued uh, a nonprofit organization. Because everyone that I spoke with about my research that I had done in that time frame, everyone had the exact same issue, and so that's pretty much how we got started. Was that I wanted to do some research to help myself, and it started helping others, and I realized that. Um, it would be good to start somewhat of a small nonprofit and get the corporations like Wells Fargo and the American Express to be our sponsors and mm-hmm. do my 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 uh, financial planning career part time and eventually it led for me doing it you know less than part time and I started doing Educate California full time. Well, you know, one of the things that you mentioned, uh, one, uh, 945 counselors to one student or, you know, 945 students to one counselor. And the fact that many oftentimes, and you mentioned about your son, if children don't reach out to counselors, they, it's impossible for them to reach out to them unless as you put, uh, that student stands out in some remarkable way. But what I have found, unless students seek the counselors, they won't, they'll just not have guidance. The the second thing that you said um, about that, I'm going back, about you weren't really aware. I mean, you felt you were this parent who was participating with your son and your eldest son, and but yet you find out in t- he's about to leave tenth grade. I mean, he's about right. to, he's going into eleventh grade, which is some serious stuff in terms of being able to go to college. Um, right. And and so you discovered that even in spite of your being the parent that's looking, you know, at your son. What did you miss? You missed it. So how did you miss it? For parents who might be out there, what could you say to them? How how do you just not miss it? (laughs) You know, the reality, and once again, I've done an enormous amount of research on this, is that when students enter elementary school, parents are extremely involved. They're there all the time asking questions and dropping the kids off and talking to their teachers. And middle school, it starts to taper off a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they start leaving more of the responsibility to the school. By the time they get into high school, unless they're a very involved parent, and once again, I thought I was. I was going to the PTA meetings and after-school meetings and everything and so forth. And But uh, it, it really drops off. And I didn't realize that I had turned over some of that responsibility to the school. And, and frankly, I'd done it at the worst possible time um, is when they get in high school. That's when the the parent engagement has to increase. It has to be the highest, really, at that point in time. But I realized, you know, that there were a lot of steps that I hadn't taken. I should have been preparing in middle school uh, for the high school experience. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that it should, I should have been waiting until the ninth and 10th grade to learn what I learned. And uh, once again, I just didn't know what I didn't know, quite frankly. Okay. And, okay. Uh, and that that was that was the that was the truth, and that's that's why one of the things I talked about earlier about uh, sort of giving going through the statistics of what's happening out there, but not only just here uh, in the United States, but what's happening globally as it relates right. to education. And uh, oftentimes, the parents are working; uh, both parents are working so hard they don't have time or to monitor. Uh, particularly when they get into high school. And a lot of cultures depend on the schools to be on top of things rather than them being on top of it. So it's a whole sort of re-education of the parent uh, and allowing them to know the resources. So we're going to get back into that soon. Uh, We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back, and we're going to discuss 
the impact on the family. So stay tuned, listeners. We'll be back with Mr. Eric Moore. Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions, some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Fridays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Are you good at leading yourself? In order to be more effective leaders in business, as managers, or in any organization, you've got to start by being good at self-leadership. On Leadership Takeoff, host Mo Glenner and his guests bring you the tools to help you lead yourself and your team to truly become the pilot in command. You need to tune in to Leadership Takeoff, live every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Because the sky is not the limit. It's only the beginning. Every one of us confronts challenges that rock our world to the core, making us confused and disoriented, not knowing which way is up. On The Mother Rising, host Margaret Jacobson will nourish that spark that enlivens. You will be both empowered and inspired to create the changes leading you on your path to your own true freedom. Discover your worth and what you are capable of. Tune into The Mother Rising every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Transformation for Success show, and I'm talking with my guest, Mr. Eric Moore of Educate California. I'm so excited to have the executive director, the founder and executive director of Educate California. And our topic today, we're talking about our world, our dignity, our future, transformation in education. So, Eric, uh, before the commercial break, we were talking about um, how you talked about the family, the resources, what you didn't know, uh, and the resources that you didn't know that you didn't know. So how did you discover this process and what did it take to, to discover all of this? I, I, I took a probably non-conventional route. I went to my son's school three days in a row. <laughs> yeah, I, I became his best friend, and I actually went to the school. I spoke with everyone, his every teacher, the counselor, principal, assistant principal, and I really, you know, kind of made a pest of myself. But it it was for me what I needed to do, you know. And then I left the schools and I started doing research on different websites on the local, state. Uh, federal level. I mean, it, I, my my background was in researching, so it was a little easier for me. I did more than most 
parents mm-hmm. would do, but it was it was necessity really for me. I, I wanted to know, and I mm-hmm. knew that it was at a crisis point for him because he was becoming very disillusioned, and he didn't want to continue and didn't know what he wanted to do after high school or whether he mm-hmm. wanted to go to college or not. And so it was a time for me to really jump in and and you know all hands on deck pretty much for me. So I did a lot of research and that research uh, and just the fact that I was spending so much time with him, I could see that it was making a difference in his attitude. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. Immediately, his grades started to improve. I could speak with the teachers and they noticed an improvement, just the fact that I was, you know, around and on the campus. And once again, I thought I was in, I thought I was involved. I I really thought I I was, but I realized that there was so much more that needed to be done. And by the time I had done probably six months worth of research, it was clear to me that my passion was truly working with my children and, and making sure that they are on track. So that's why I made the decision to to uh, mm-hmm. take the leap, if you will, and and uh, go out on a, a leap of faith and, and start doing my work full uh, part time and doing my charitable work part time at the same time. Now uh, you started out with, uh, and when I met you, with Educate LA, and then. Yeah. Um, went on to educate California. Can you tell me what happened and how did you get that started and what what was difficult uh, about starting a nonprofit like this? Well, I probably did it once again. Uh, I wouldn't recommend necessarily the way that I did it because it was just 100% passion and no experience, <laughs> quite frankly. that <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. I just knew that I wanted to help, and I wanted to help not only myself, I wanted to help, you know, others, and uh, I went down and filed the paperwork and got everything started and started doing, you know, uh, fundraising and and got no after no after no after no from funders and so forth, and and finally realized that, you know, our, our numbers weren't, you know, necessarily in line for us to get funding from foundations, so I started focusing on corporations that did sponsorships. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, I, my, I guess my biggest challenge then and now is keeping the funding for mm-hmm. the program. And we do some wonderful workshops. At this point, we've we worked with you know tens of thousands, probably probably fifteen to twenty thousand families over there the last seventeen years. And uh, we've hosted just an enormous amount of workshops, hundreds of workshops. Uh, and the way we went from Educate LA was literally, uh, I had so many people calling me from, from different parts of California wanting mm-hmm. us to come out and do our life prep workshops. And so mm-hmm. that's how we had to make the decision to go from Educate LA to Educate California, that we were starting to serve Northern California and Inland Empire and San Diego and so forth. And so we left Los Angeles County, and that's how the, the, the leap came back. I- I see. Today okay. and then, uh-huh. the, the big By demand. I mean, popular demand. Now, yes. one of the things that uh, I've been, you know, and we've had you for a number of workshops for uh, our college-going community through the CSU African American Initiative, that Eric, t- just explain to the listeners what uh, Educate uh, California does, the process, the workshops, okay. what they involve, okay? Okay. 
our, our primary mission, once again, is to make sure that uh, that California gr- students graduate. Number one, with you know, being mm-hmm. prepared for life after high school, and and technology is one of the main pieces of uh, what we offer. Uh, I had a background in technology, so I created a database of educational websites that are used to help students and families prepare their kids for uh, college and help them do their research and so forth. Our our, our website is at educate ca.org educate california mm-hmm. you could just google educate california mm-hmm. but it's a it's a listing of different websites that will help a parent be actively involved help the students do their homework help them prepare for colleges and careers and we also have a workbook and a curriculum that is called the life prep academy and the life prep academy is specifically geared around a 80 page workbook that we have that walks students and parents through everything they need to know from the ninth grade through the 12th. And that's key is that uh, one thing when I remember speaking with one of the the, the counselors that I spoke with at uh, my son's school, is I, I said, you know, everything that I've done, uh, everything I've learned in my research, I wish I had been given all that information right there at the beginning of the ninth grade and told that this is a four-year workbook, mm-hmm. you know, just pretty much mm-hmm. walk through the workbook. And so that's what we've created as a curriculum that makes sure that students are on track and the parents know that they're hitting certain marks and things are happening at certain times and it goes through financial aid and where the colleges are and pretty much everything that a parent wow. need to know to be wow. actively so, involved. So it's very intense, very uh, intense, but it's very inclusive of all the information they need to know, this workbook. Exactly. Now, is the workbook exactly. in other languages? It is now in Spanish, yes. We have just uh, okay. received mm-hmm. uh, a grant, as a matter of fact, from the Amundsen Foundation, and that mm-hmm. was specifically to translate the book into Spanish because we have such uh, a large uh, a need. And also, you know, when we do a lot of our workshops, many times we'll have a, a student that speaks English and their parents speak Spanish, and uh, we were just having it translated with an English guide and it wasn't working. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to make sure that the parents have a native language guide. And so the first language that we're going to be translating into is Spanish, and then we'll look at others uh, as the need arises. Okay. What, what are you, were you able now, one of the things we started out talking about your son, uh, and so I want the listening audience to know what happened. Uh, you got him into the 10th okay. grade. You're spending three days yeah. at a school. I'm going digressing yeah. a moment. And so okay. Okay. what happened uh, with your eldest okay. son? I mean, where did you, get, where did you take him to, and uh, did you get we, him through? We literally... We did get through. Oh, absolutely. We we turned around. First off, we turned around his attitude. And the way that I was able to do that, strangely enough, was through technology and also learning about learning styles. And mm-hmm. come to find out, that's what we really had a problem, was that we were trying to serve him the education and a, the improper learning style. And by that, I mean he was not one of those kids that's just going to learn by sitting in front of a classroom or, or just reading a textbook. And what I found was if I were to include videos and engaging websites and so forth and add that, if he could be reading about history, but if he also saw a video about history or saw an engaging website about mm-hmm. history, it mm-hmm. really helped him because it took into account all three of the learning styles. Um, you know, and then I explained to him, you know, his mother's a very uh, visual learner. She loves reading books. I'm I'm not that. I'm I'm an auditory learner where I'll put, I'll wear a headset and you know listen to mm-hmm. an audio book. Mm-hmm. And once he realized that he needed to tap into his learning style, his whole attitude changed because he knew how to help himself. And so through the 11th grade, he did well. His grades went through the roof. And, you know, by the 12th wow. 
wow. rate. He was pretty much on track, and he was never the one thing. And this is the big thing: is that he was not a uh, you know a Harvard college bound. wasn't even actually in that case a CSU college bound student, and it, mm. it disillusioned him so much that he said, "Dad, I don't even know if I want to go to college." So of course, I had to do two things: number one, change that thinking, but also address the fact that some students do pursue other paths. And if Absolutely. you were not to go to college, we mm-hmm. need to figure out, well, what does life after high school look like for him? So that's really, you know, the primary focus of our, our nonprofit is to mm-hmm. make sure that they're prepared for college and careers, but also to focus on life after high school, whatever that journey may be. It could be the military. It could be starting a business. It could be traveling. Mm-hmm. But the main thing is that we understand that if you get them going in the right direction, that's the best thing. So I did get him going in the right direction. He went on to that's- community college and took some classes. He traveled abroad for a while, and now he's working right? and doing well. You know, he's 31 years old now, so he's an old guy. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> and his brother went directly. In, his brother went directly into the CSU. Um, went to Cal State Northridge and did well there. And mm-hmm. he's finishing, you know, his education and working part time at the so and forth. And so they're, they're both good kids and doing well. But I, it was really a journey for me as well a journey for them. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, And, you know, I think one of the things that I admire about you, Eric, is that, you know, not many dads would just take a pick up the cudgel, leave a job and then really spend time at at school. Usually moms do that. Uh, You don't hear so many dads. And I want to applaud you as, you know, dad's day is coming up in uh, June. I mean, time is moving so fast we'll be looking at dad's day and certainly i know your sons appreciate you so much for changing their attitudes and i think that's really admirable the other thing too is what you've said and i've been taking notes and i hope people have been too because you know learning styles is so important uh attitude and behavior because when pe- there's children and anyone you feel like you're not really making the mark you feel like you're not you're not living up to par your attitude changes and i think that's the same thing with people who may be on a job and they don't feel they're performing and they're not they don't know how but and their attitudes then change but knowing learning styles is so important uh, and i'm so glad you integrated that because we i think that needs to be a part of the process of what are the students' learning styles. And I'm not saying that schools aren't doing that. I think some of the teachers and some of the programs, I know some of the nonprofit programs, are really taking a look and helping uh, teens know what is your learning style because it is so important. And also, when is your best learning style? Are you the morning person? Are you the evening person? No. Um, You know, is it nighttime that you do better in terms of learning? Or are you a person that needs to do it in the morning? Okay. Right. But one of the things, Eric, um, when we talk about parents, how how your success has been with parents? Because I know you've turned a lot of students around. How are the parents reacting to this program? Oh, Dr. Young, if I could just get more parents. That's that's the okay. that's the reality is it's strange to me, as passionate as I am about it, the you know, you you said you know at one point what kind of an impact it had on my family. It was it wasn't a detrimental impact, but definitely at some point my wife had to ask me, "Are you going back to work, honey?" I, I said, "Yes, I am." I am. And <laughs> uh-huh. Luckily, uh-huh. we've been, we've done very we've done well. We have a wonderful life, but but you know it's 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 definitely something that you have to understand that 
when I say we've done outreach, we've done an enormous amount of outreach, and the hardest part of what I do is getting parents to take that active role and to take on the responsibility. Um, they seem to believe that the school is going to nurture their babies through and, and to take that active role, and they don't realize what they're facing in many cases because, uh, once again, it's 945 in to 1 in California, but it's just about 500 to 1 all throughout the nation. So one way or another, if the parent or guardian or grandparent or whoever, or someone in the family or close to that student doesn't take an active role in helping that student get through their, their chances mm-hmm. are decreased dramatically. And, and so that's really our, our mission is to make sure that that parent understands you have to not only you know, watch over the homework. You need to, once again, make sure that you understand the, the learning styles and so forth of the student. I was, I, I, I never stopped to realize that every time my son was involved, like with a workshop or something where he had to work with other students, stand up, move around, you know, do take a field trip and report about it, those were always straight A's. And then all the times where we were just reading a textbook, that's where he had his, his issue. We bought him new glasses. We made sure he ate well in the morning. We we did all the things we, mm-hmm. you know, made sure even the teacher sat him in the front of the class, you know. But it just wasn't working for him. But as soon as he learned about those learning styles, and he said to, him, said to me, literally, he said, Dad, so what you're telling me is that I learn differently, and if I incorporate, you know, videos and so forth, then it'll help me get it quicker. And it almost seemed like, so you're saying that I'm not failing. Hold that point, Eric. Hold that point. We've got to take a quick break, and we'll be right back so you can finish telling us about your son. So, listeners, stay tuned. We'll be right back after this commercial break. It's time to access your magic. Tune in each week to Living in the Magic of Possibilities with your host, Glenice Hughes. Our topics cover finances, personal health, business, relationships, mediumship, and so much more. If you want to access all that is possible in your life, listen to Glenice and her expert guests who've turned the impossible into the possible. Living in the Magic of Possibilities is heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Get ready to experience a more fulfilling lifestyle. Tune in to Direct Connect Empowerment with host Fee Mazanke. The show will feature guests who have changed their lives by using the Direct Connect coaching program or have worked with the same concepts that this program offers. By hearing how others have been transformed, you will be inspired to move forward. Direct Connect Empowerment with Fee Mazanke can be heard live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you happy in your life, or are you just settling? It's time to speak out, take control of your existence, and let your life speak. Bart Queen is the host of A Hero's Journey. His personal goal is to help you find your voice, use that voice, and live the life that you deserve to live. Do more, be more, and give more. Tune in to A Hero's Journey on the Voice America Empowerment Channel, live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. You owe it to yourself to tune in and make your voice count. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, 
please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Transformation for Success Show, and I'm interviewing my guest, Mr. Eric Moore, founder and executive director of Educate California. So back to Eric and discussion with son. We were talking about learning styles and his son's reaction to learning his learning style. Okay, Eric, you can finish that conversation. (laughs) Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, you know, it was, once again, it was really amazing to me how quickly his attitude changed once he realized that it wasn't that he wasn't smart or he just mm-hmm. couldn't get it. It was that mm-hmm. it was probably being served to him a different way. Uh, if served to him a different way, he would have understood it better. And then it was far easier for him to say, well, when he had an assignment, he automatically went to find a good website that would help him or look for a video or something like that that helped him. Or he would, you know, work with other students in a collaborative to, you know, make it seem more relevant to him. So it was, it was a wonderful experience for him. It was That's wonderful great. for me to see him trans, uh, transform, really, and uh, become uh, – it was almost as if, you know, the student had somewhat of a disability and they didn't realize that they had a disability. And then once diagnosed, they realized all they had to do was to address that disability in order for them to be on track. And that's what happened for him. Oh, that is so great. Well, what do you think, you know, as we sort of conclude a little bit of this show, what do you think we need to do, Eric, to really encourage parents? Is this a cultural thing? Because I know different cultures, uh, the parent participation is different. So is this by, by culture? that we're talking about parent participation, our lack of. I, I think Can you address it, that? It, mm-hmm. it, it's somewhat cultural, yes, in some other, I mean, because in some cultures, they're, they're far more actively involved. We, we all know that. But in reality, mm-hmm. it's, it's not a cultural thing. It's really, it's a thing of really getting parents to understand their role. Uh, unless you've been, now, of course, for some folks, then maybe it could even be a socioeconomic issue. And in some cases where your students are in more affluent schools, then they'll be able to have the right classes, they'll be able to have the right college prep, they'll be on track and so forth, and you have paid for that, and you know that they're receiving that information. So it might even be more of a socioeconomic issue where that, you know, the reality is in the underserved schools and those that have less resources and less mm-hmm. affluence, uh, they're not getting the information. And those those parents are, once again, they, it could be a two-parent household, they're both working, or a single-parent household, and they're really mm-hmm. overburdened. And, and there, there's so many different factors that go into having, you know, to to be involved. Now, once again, you know, any parent that wants to be involved is going to do it. But unless they understand truly what their role is and why it's so important, I guess that's really the, the main thing is if, if we could start stressing how important it is for st- parents all across America to be actively involved and then show them. This, it's not enough for, them, for us just to say, you've got to do this and then not give them a road. Well, we have to show them how. We have to actually, I think, show some parents in spite of maybe uh, – you can get involved. I think through right. to, through through churches, through other 
uh, social institutions that we can help reaching out, you know, with churches, with synagogues, with other yeah. uh, entities and venues to help. Because I think it's at the point of just, it, we look at it not only in the United States, but globally, this interconnectivity that we have and the growth of technology. And now I'm encouraging any college student who's going to be you know, entering any field, whether it's psychology or whatever, you better be technologically competent. So you better be taking some courses that will make you technologically competent and with a foreign language and more than maybe two foreign languages. Because if we're looking for uh, the new world, this this new creation that we have globally uh, and the interconnectivity that we have, we have to prepare our students. We have to prepare parents. Where do you think... uh, what do you think is going to happen for the future? What do you portend for the future of education, I'm not very, just here in America, but globally? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm very optimistic. I, I have to say, I'm naturally an mm-hmm. optimistic person, and I'm I'm mm-hmm. optimistic that more people are starting to understand the issues. And the more I get out there and speak, and others get out there and speak, and the president and different folks get out there and talk about the issue, I think it's going to start mm-hmm. to resonate with families, and they'll start to understand that if you take a more active role, all the research says that if you're actively involved in a positive way, that the chances of your students having more success just dramatically higher and that uh that that having higher success translates directly into their financial success also so that's something i speak with parents about is that you know you need to make sure that you you think about it and speak to your students about the better grades they get the better experience they have in college the college will literally pay for them to come to the college if they exercise their natural talents. I, I always speak with students about, you know you're a 3.5, why aren't you a 4.0? Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. just the fact that they haven't been pushed in that way. And that makes a huge difference as far as the finances and, and their experience. And they can have a, a, a much better future if they really take advantage of, of what they have available. But through scholarships and grants and all the different things that are coming out with uh, resources for low- to middle-income families, I think that the future looks very bright uh, for us guys. I think we're really starting to focus on the need. Well, I'm so glad to have, you know, somebody that's optimistic about it because, you know, you do hear a lot of doom and gloom, but we've got a lot of smart young people who are coming up and we have a lot of undiscovered talent and knowledge and abilities. Uh, One of the things that I I really am happy about this show, um, the, uh, the, the opportunity to speak to people out there to know that there are opportunities for you and that no matter where you are, uh, it all is up to you. One of the things that I, I want to thank you so much, Eric, for what you're doing and to encourage you to continue doing what you're doing. Uh, it's wonderful to have someone who finds their passion and pursues it because all the times that I've known you over the years, I've seen you continue continue to be adamant and to be, you know, not adamant in a negative sense, but to be persuasive and to be passionate about wanting to help families, wanting to help students, and particularly those from underserved communities. Because I believe that everyone should have the opportunity for education, that all of us must learn to think, to act creatively. And I believe God put us on this earth for us to have a purpose, for us to make a mark in this world and to do something significant so that all of us can have that ability, that right to live better 
and do better at what we do best because all of us have talents and skills and abilities. So I want you to be encouraged to continue your journey. And really, this has been a wonderful opportunity to talk about you, what you're doing, and I wish you the best for you and your family, Eric, as you continue to be successful, because I know you will. Thank you so, so as much. I leave, you know, I love you. <laughs> as I leave you, uh, listeners, today, remember you have a purpose for your life. So you discover and focus on your genius and be better, not bitter. Live better and do better at what you do best. It's been a pleasure to have you listen in today. I want you to enjoy the things, have plenty of love and joy in your life each day. I close with this. Time is the equator. All of us have been given the same amount of time. It is about how you use your time. You use it for either squandering your time away or you use it to fulfill your destiny and your purpose. This is Dr. B, your success coach, signing off until next Tuesday. So be inspired, be motivated, be encouraged, be challenged, and be forever transformed for greatness. Have a very blessed week. Tune in next week, same time, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 p.m. See you then. Be blessed. We appreciate you joining us for Transformation for Success. Please join your host, Dr. Barbara Young, again next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, that's 2 p.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have an outstanding week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.